What is up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. How are you doing tonight? Things are going well over here. Um, it is Saturday, and I am on my walk. Now, let me be honest with you. These uh, walks have been uh, few and far between. Uh, recently, we've had uh, just... Uh, you know things are crazy when you have a when you have a baby. So, uh, baby Beckett is uh, nine months old now, and uh, you know, he's getting into everything and all that. So it's it's been fun, but very tiresome. So, <laughs> I uh, it's funny because like I'll either get like four hours of sleep or ten hours of sleep because my body just says nope, that's it, Tanner. You just stay down. <laughs> and uh, you know, unfortunately, ten hours is probably a stretch, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i'll tell you what every, like maybe once a week or so like my body just says nope you gotta stay down so anyways um haven't had a whole lot of time uh to uh do a podcast so uh i wanted to do one tonight really mainly just to uh talk about a few things that have been on my mind that i've been thinking about whenever it comes to uh baseball cards of course but like one of ones and more interestingly we're going to try to you know dive in uh, deep a little bit here of uh, uh, the question if one of ones are truly the best of the best cards now from the outside looking in you gotta think like well of course there's only one of them that's been made like why would anything else come close right it just doesn't make sense. So uh, to think that anything else would be even better than one of one. So I had two thoughts like kind of separately. And interestingly enough, they kind of dovetail into the same conclusion, which is interesting. So first of all, what I'm going to start off with uh, is one of the latest offerings of Leaf. It is Leaf Pearl. Um, very, uh, like many Leaf offerings, very polarizing. Uh, product. Many people will like it. Many people will hate it. <laughs> There's not really a whole lot of people I think that would just say, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> but I could be wrong. I don't know. There's just not a whole lot of chatter about it, I guess. Um, but it is an interesting product. Uh, you know, I'm not really a huge fan myself of uh, many of Leaf's offerings that have like several, like just a hodgepodge of players um with a little square you know quarter inch worth of uh, jersey or whatever it is um without any pictures i uh yeah i don't know i, I can kind of see the appeal uh for some collectors if uh one of two things happens if number one it has to do with like a certain team or all-star game or two perhaps if uh, all of them are just like in the mix of a certain era where like if I'm growing up uh, I can imagine enjoying uh, like a card with uh, you know Kinseiko and uh, Michael Jordan and Mike Tyson for example um, so I can kind of see where people are going uh, with that sometimes um, a lot of them don't really make a whole lot of sense to me but that's okay because it looks like they're selling anyways but one was in, was uh, really intriguing to me and kind of made me turn my head sideways a bit thinking like you know huh? what's going on here is a, uh, a card that's uh, Jose Canseco and Frank Thomas now you gotta think about that for a second what on earth 
would Jose Canseco and Frank Thomas have in common? Aside from the fact of, you know, them playing the same time period. Um, you know, their, their careers definitely overlapped. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple, couple similarities that many people may not pick up on. So, first of all, Jose did play for the White Sox for a little bit. I don't think he was a teammate of Thomas ever. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, which actually, interestingly enough, I would like to look that up. So maybe I will when I get off of this. Number two, uh, something that more people probably don't understand or don't remember is Frank Thomas was a member of the athletics for a while. <laughs> That's kind of a weird one. Now I want you to picture the big hurt donning the green and gold. Kind of seems strange, right? Well, believe it or not, he did. He also played for the Blue Jays for a while, if you didn't know that. Um, and I think that's it. I think it's just those three teams. Anyways, so, uh, and interestingly enough, Kinseiko played for the Blue Jays too. So that's kind of odd. So I guess they've got like three threads there, but I don't think they were ever teammates um, in any of those instances. So uh, beyond that, is there anything else? And first of all, by the way, if they were, like, if they created a card uh, that has both of them on them on, on a card, I would like, personally, uh, if they perhaps had the same jersey on. Like, even if it's weird that uh, Thomas was a member of the A's or something, that'd be fun to have uh, Kinsake on the A's and Thomas on the A's on the same card. I think that'd be pretty slick. Um, but... Unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. So, uh, my thinking uh, is perhaps they, uh, it was random, but for those who are collectors and fans, uh, Frank Thomas or Jose Canseco, um, one thing that is kind of a fun little known story, Jose talks about in his book. Uh, I don't remember exactly all the details, but if I recall correctly, um, I think that Jose and Frank were in Jose's like Porsche or Ferrari Lamborghini, whatever he was driving at that point. And they got in a street race and uh, they almost got in a wreck. <laughs> scared the daylights out of Thomas. <laughs> and uh, so I think that's probably one memory uh, that they'll remember, that both of them will remember uh, far, and, uh, far and beyond any, or most of their uh, baseball uh, uh, baseball. Uh, careers. So, you know, if you're a fan of either of those guys, that's kind of one little fun story that might connect them better than anything else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love that. I was, I was trying to look it, look it up in Google, but I think unfortunately what I'm going to have to do is probably just skim through the book again and see if I can find it. But uh, kind of a fun story. So, uh, anyways, that's a, that's a nice little thread that kind of uh, binds them together, I guess, for the sake of this card. Now, uh, let me talk about the card a little bit. So, it's a it's a horizontal card uh, with with two sticker autographs, okay? And there's a piece of jersey on each side. So there's like a one of one, which, to my knowledge, has not surfaced yet. There's an F two, F three, out of four. I would assume probably an F five also, um, and an F six. And I don't think there are any others that are higher. I'm not sure. But uh, something is really, and I mean really weird, guys. Like, for uh, the out of six, one popped the other day. 
and I got a fantastic price on it. And uh, so I ended up buying it. Um, I don't think I'm going to keep it. I'm not sure. But because it's not like it doesn't fit exactly what I'm trying to do. And life after super collecting, I can be a little more choosy. Um, so uh, if it were just Jose, I would keep it. But uh, because it, uh, Big Frank is on there too, I probably, probably not for me personally. Um, but guys, this is like really bizarre. So first of all, like you look at the threes, fours, I think the fives and maybe some other sixes as well. Um, you'll see like all of them uh, that have surfaced to date have like this, uh, this just plain swatch of Frank Thomas, right? Well, a lot of the Kinsecos will have like a nice little patch where, you know, like a corner of it, you'll see some green and gold on the white jersey. Well, the six I got has part of a Rawlings sleeve tag. And if you are a Kinseiko collector, your jaw is probably dropped right now. Like they have this on an out of six, <laughs> and uh, which is insane. Uh, not to mention, this is what makes it weirder. Okay, so first of all, there's one out of two that surfaced that has part of the Rawlings sleeve tag as well. Okay. Um, there are two that I've seen that have six that have the wrong sleeve tag. So like half of it, like there's like, mine has like lings or something. The out of two has raw or raw or whatever it is. Um, a lot of them, the others I've seen, out of three, out of four, may have five, and, and even some others out of six uh, have nothing but just like a regular patch. So... What that means is this card out of six, it's higher number than the fives, fours, threes, twos, um, you know, has a better patch than those, except for the one out of two, because it's, you know, has rolling sleeve tag also. And that just, you know, boggles my mind. Like, why on earth, <laughs> as a card company, you know, why would you put such a high-end premium patch in a card that's out of six, number one. And number two, I uh, have a much, much better patch than your threes, fours, and fives. I don't get it. I just don't understand. Like that Rawlings piece is uh, is 100% absolutely one of one worthy. Like it doesn't make any sense to me at all whatsoever. So really bizarre, right? Like why would they do that? <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like kind of a little bit of a waste to me. Um, unless their, you know, contract with Jose is coming up and they're thinking they're not going to be able to produce any more of his cards, which is kind of weird. I don't know. I don't understand it. But yeah, two of these out of sixes, um, and I think I've seen about three or four of them out of sixes. The two of them have the, you know, rolling sleeve tag on there for Jose. And uh, man, that's like... You know, y'all, if, if you don't understand, let me, let me back up a little bit here. If you don't understand uh, Kinsego collecting, let me tell you one thing. The Rawlings sleeve tag is a big, big, massive deal. Uh, you probably, before this leaf offering, will only be able to find anywhere, like anywhere, maybe five of them or something. That's how rare they are. It's not that it's like a one of one because, look, one of ones aren't rare. Like, there are literally hundreds of one of one Kinseiko cards out there. There's only five or so with the, that rolling sleeve tag. So, 
to have not one but two of them in and out of six at least for now and one of those in and out of two is just like insane i'm curious to see what the one of one is going to look like and have i mean <laughs> but first of all like what the heck is going on <laughs> i just don't understand it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense to my brain um but that is one case where you will have a card that's uh, based upon the relic material it is going to be way better than its lower numbered counterparts and uh, as an example i mean like the proof is in the pudding there like you have some cards that are like out of three like i said that just has a regular patch it's the same card just different relic and you know the out of six is going to be like way 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 better like and should go for much much higher of a price in comparison so um and look <laughs> there is nothing guaranteeing us that that one of one is going to have another rolling sleeve uh, tag or you know anything like that at all it could very well just be a dual patch like they might say oh okay well here's a regular patch for frank thomas and a regular patch for canseco there's one one now granted that would certainly uh even out the card a lot a lot better but uh if you're leaning heavily towards jose for collecting the out of six is going to like you know just beat the crap out of the one one um because you know again you get Jose patch cards like anywhere. Like, you know, they're not like rare, rare or anything. Um, compared to the newer guys, of course, it's rare, like significantly so. But uh, when it comes to comparing it to like the Rawlings tags, that's that's a whole other ball of wax. So um, let's say, um, you know, for instance, uh, there are just regular patches. And let's just say this also. Let's say that. Uh, Frank has only a swatch like all the others in the series on the one of one and Jose has a regular patch Well, guess what the out of six should easily beat the one of one in that situation now another time uh, You know that you might be wondering like when will other cards beat? Uh, you know uh, beat one of ones if they're not one ones also, you know, you probably can understand and uh, you know, make it up in your mind as to why a Rawlings patch would be a regular patch, um, you know, from a out of six versus out of one. Um, but what about if there are no signatures and there's no patches? Well, that's a whole other ball of wax right there. And uh, there's a whole other different set of reasons as well as to why a card from like, let's say the 90s that's serial numbered or has a print run of you know, 20, 25, 30, or whatever, uh, will beat a one of one. And I'll give you one uh, example right here. So, uh, in 1997, Flair uh, created, I think, some of the first one of ones. They're called Masterpiece cards. Now, they're beautiful. Okay, they're just absolutely beautiful. You've got the purple foil, um, probably purple holographic foil, uh, it'll say one of one masterpiece on the back and uh, you imagine if you have that of uh, you know Kinseko or Frank Thomas or Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr., Cal Ripken. There's just so many big guys in that set and by the way They'll have three different flavors in one once 
uh, from that year, by the way, too. So, uh, because there are three different poses. There's row zero, row one, and row two. So, uh, you know, you would think that that might command like top dollar out of any, any 90s card uh, out there. Well, if you're in that camp, think again. <laughs> there are some cards that will absolutely demolish uh, those one of ones. They're, they're not even close to being one of one cards. And so I'll give you an example. The first obvious one is a 96 Select Certified Mirror Gold. Now, those have a print run of about 30. And, uh, you know, the first question is like, why would a card have 30 uh, go for more money of the same guy than one of the first one of ones ever created? Perhaps, perhaps the first one of one ever created. Well, the main reason, as far as I can tell, and guys, if, if you all want to chime in on this, please, by all means, uh, reach out to me and let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear them. Uh, but one big, big, big difference is that uh, when it comes to uh, having a one-of-one one card, you're gonna typically have one type of collector. You're gonna have the player collector. If it's Jeff Bagwell, Ken Caminetti, if it's gonna be Mariana Rivera, um, you know, uh, I don't know, any number of players. Todd Zeal, Chipper Jones, I don't know. <laughs> if you have any number, any number of these players, the top buyer, is generally going to be a player super collector for that type of card. Now, when it comes to a select certified mirror gold or an essential credentials future in now or a crusade uh, red, I mean, there are all kinds of different types of cards. Uh, when you have something with a low print run, yeah. Yeah, the super collectors are going to go nuts over that stuff, right? But guess what? So are the set collectors. That, my friends, is going to be the difference maker there. Because your market for that card opens up dramatically. The set collectors don't care about the one of ones So if you have, like, let's say, um, I don't know, let's say Don Mattingly, for instance. I don't even know if Don Mattingly is in the 97 set, <laughs> okay? So this is an example. Let's say Don Mattingly. And let's say we know that he's got a big following. But let's say he also only has like five super collectors that are willing to go big on his cards, which is very possible. There literally might only be five that can go like super high. Well, guess what? <laughs> there are set collectors out there. And I guarantee you, that there are way more than five set collectors for, you know, like 96 select certified mirror gold or, or anything else. As a matter of fact, um, when I went big on my 96 select certified mirror gold, uh, uh, Canseco, I might blow your mind on this here. Uh, the runner up to me was not the next biggest paying Kenseiko guy. Uh, and you know, this guy, by the way, he, he like spends tons of money on cards if, if he really you know, wants them, especially at auction. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but he, uh, you know, <laughs> if it's a card that he really wants then he'll go high. He wasn't the second, uh, the, uh, the runner up to me. 
Like, he wasn't the guy in second place. It was somebody that I have no idea who it was. Now, I would be willing to bet that it was a set collector. And not only that, guys, like, he outpaced the guy that would routinely beat me at auction on a lot of Kinseiko cards when I was a super collector. He outpaced him by $500. So you think about that from the respect of, uh, you know, set collectors versus super collectors. There's just like a much deeper pool there. And so you got to think also when there's set collectors out there that are going for the super high-end stuff, they've got a lot of money. They've got a lot, a lot of money. And so uh, I was very fortunate to be able to get that uh, to get that card even though I paid like super high on it which by the way was a record breaker um, for the most ever paid on a Canseco card um, which I've said that before and I'll say this you know again also uh, I'm not sure if that's necessarily something that's brag worthy <laughs> if that's either an oops or like a hey look at me <laughs> but uh, anyways it, it is what it is and uh, yeah, I guess I'll just try to take it use it as a positive thing but um you know super happy i have it uh but yeah that's that's kind of how it is guys like <laughs> these set collectors and by the way um the set collecting here's another thing that i'm just now thinking about as well um it's like uh difficult okay for any player collector to sell out now you can sell out some cards and everything sure no problem i get that now imagine if you're a set collector though okay and imagine how difficult it would be uh, to sell um, some cards from a set that you're trying to put together. You got to think that's like going to be significantly more difficult, right? Like you have this goal that you've set before you for years, maybe even decades. And so if you, if financial hard times hit, you're probably not going to start breaking off those sets. Because it's been almost like a lifelong endeavor at that point, especially when you're talking about 90s cards. They're in it to win it. So, um, matter of fact, like, I think there's some guys that are looking um, at the 2010, um, you know, I, you know, I don't even know if I want to say it because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot if uh, something comes out later. <laughs> so I won't. There is a set out there that uh, there are a couple cards I wanted. And, uh, you know, so I'm not going to say if it's Canseco or not. It's Canseco. Um, <laughs> some cards out there that people went, like, uh, had at auction. I was, like, really excited. And I thought I was going to get them. As a matter of fact, I put some super high numbers out there and uh, at auction. And I lost. And it happened to me twice. And it was not because of other uh, player collectors. It was because of set collectors. So, you know, it's the real deal. And uh, anyway, so uh, so so there goes that. Um, you know, one of ones, you have a very limited audience of people that are willing to pay like high money, high dollars, as opposed to uh, the low serial number guys um, that are going to be built on. Uh, they're trying to be built uh, building sets. And so, anyways, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting because you think about this. Like, uh, for instance, my uh, 98 Donner's Crusade uh, executive prototype, green. Uh, it's been theorized that there's only two of them out there. 
the one I have and one that who knows, you know, might have been destroyed or something even, you know, you just never know. Uh, they're supposed to be given out to executives, I guess, in dollars and who knows, like maybe the executive threw it in a, uh, a box, forgot about it, threw away, you know, you just, you just don't know, you don't know what happened to them. Uh, now, with mine being possibly the only one out there, and there's a Crusade Red at 25, um, you know, you just don't know, like, uh, what would go for more. Um, so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about because as far as uh, Canseco guy goes, you know, for me, I'd way want the executive prototype, like, way more um, than the Red because there's only one, and, or, you know, that I know of at least. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, hugely important to me. And you know, Crusade, they come up for sale every now and then. It's not like... It is a huge card, don't get me wrong, but at this point, basically all the other big guys have one. Um, you know, they're Canseco collectors. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting to, to think about, like, huh, maybe the one-of-ones and stuff aren't the biggest deal out there as far as uh, money goes. But, uh, so yeah, that's just kind of, uh, those have been my thoughts recently. Um, I've, I've uh, broached the subject in an article a number of months ago as well. Um, it's just, uh, actually, I think it was almost exactly a year ago because I think I brought it up whenever um, I got the uh, the Mirror Gold Conseco. So pretty cool stuff. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I'll go ahead and wrap that up here. Um, I would love to hear what you have to say about this because maybe, maybe I've got some sort of blind spot here and maybe you have some more uh, thoughts to add to this. So uh, yeah, definitely let me know what your thoughts are. And uh, yeah, I'd appreciate it, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you all have a great night.